Good morning, church family. How are we on this Father's Day? All right. Amen. Amen. Yes. On behalf of the entire staff here at Calvary Chapel West Grove, we just want to welcome each and every single one of you, those who are joining online, those who are gathered in the fellowship hall. As a family of God, we welcome you. Hopefully somebody has uh, shook your hand, said hello to you, and welcomed you this morning. And of course, it being Father's Day, we have a little something extra towards the end of the service to honor those that are in the audience tonight or this morning as fathers, grandfathers, maybe even great-grandfathers. I believe each time we gather, the Lord wants to do something special in our lives. Our Heavenly Father wants to lavish His love upon us through the gift of His Son, and He desires to do that work through the power of His Holy Spirit. His word says that we have received a spirit of adoption. You and I have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, and by which we cry out to him, Abba, Father. That word Abba is like Papa. It's a term of endearment, and we get to do that because the way has been made open by his precious son. Amen? Amen. So why don't you go ahead and stand with me for an opening word of prayer. We'll ask the Lord's blessing on our service of worship. Father, your word says every good thing given, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Father, we thank you that you are a good father and that you pour out your love upon us and you did so through your precious son, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for paying the penalty for our sin. Thank you for going to the cross for our shame. By your stripes, we are healed. There is no greater gift given among men. We thank you that we have received the greatest gift of all. And now, Father, we just want to pour out our love back to you. We want to worship you for you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be exalted in our lives. So we may, may we set all things aside this morning, put you on, uh, on the throne of our hearts, and that we would just sing songs of worship to you into your gates with praise, a hearts filled with thanksgiving for your faithfulness, for your abundant provision. And Father, as we do so, may you be ministered to us, to, by us to you, that your heart would be gladdened, that you would have a smile on your face as a result. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask your richest blessing upon our service of worship this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to call up our newest father to the stage, at least on staff anyway. This is Pastor Aaron Garcia. If you weren't here, Pastor, yeah, give, praise the Lord. Pastor Aaron is our, our missions pastor. He's going to lead us in the word this morning. Pastor Eric is away with his son and his wife uh, looking at universities and whatnot. So Pastor Aaron's going to share with us this morning. All right. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. I've only been a father for about seven months. So many of you guys know my little baby Lily. Uh, my wife and I, we were in, actually, we were actually in Nepal. We were still on the mission field. Um, we were hearing all this, uh, this news about a pandemic and kind of sound like a sci-fi movie, you know what I mean? And we were like, what's going on, you know? And then all of a sudden we were thinking, man, we better, we better figure out what we're going to do. Are we going to leave? Are we going to stay? And so we figured, ah, let's just stay. Let's just stay. Let's, let's be with our people here. Let's stay in Nepal and let's see what the Lord does. And and then all of a sudden, my wife took a pregnancy test. <laughs> and we'd been trying for many years. We'd been married for, you know, a couple of years before this. And all of a sudden, we, we saw it. And Jenna comes to me. She says, I'm pregnant. The joy that filled my heart at that moment just totally just took over, just seized me in a moment. 
as we just kind of just rejoiced like for a second in the bathroom, you know, just shouting, yeah, finally. But then we were like, Lord, now? There's a pandemic. <laughs> and all of a sudden, before, before we knew it, we were being evacuated, medically evacuated outside. The American uh, embassy, they contacted us within a day. Get your affairs in order, you're out of here. And we've been kind of in, the, in here since then. And, and since then, we've had our baby. She was born November 13th, 2020. And what an amazing way to close out the year. <laughs> but it gave me a reason to rejoice. A reason to rejoice. We need reasons to rejoice today. Open your Bibles to Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah chapter 3. If you hit Haggai, you went too far. Right? <laughs> Zephaniah, that's when you know you're at a Calvary Chapel, by the way, when the pastor gets up and says, open up Zephaniah, because we teach God's word verse by verse. So we need a reason to rejoice, guys. And I find a, a great reason here in, God's t- in, in the message, in what God has for us today, that we are children of God. And we can, we can become children of God. What a reason to rejoice and from, and, from, and from heaven's perspective, he looks down upon us and says, these are my beloved children. What a reason to celebrate today. Whether you're a father, granddad, great-granddad, coach, whatever, whatever you find yourself today, we have great reason to rejoice. Let's, let, let's read verse 14 of chapter 3. It says, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart. O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away your judgments. He casts out your enemy. He has cast out your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Let let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Guys, the Christian walk is one where we reflect God's heart to the world. The the Christian life, the Christian experience, it's reflecting it's receiving and reflecting. You, you first received God's love. When you made peace with Him, you've received His grace. And all of a sudden, we're now ambassadors of that love. Now we're able to go out into this world, go out to anyone we meet in our homes, in our households, and we're able to share that same love to the world. Guys, You and I, being fathers, grandfathers, we're called to inspire a legacy for Christ. We are called to inspire the next generation. But how can we inspire unless you first be inspired by God's love? Do you know how the Father views you? Do you you, you understand the great love, the great sacrifice, the great cost, the great depth to which how he loves us this morning? Maybe you're a Christian and maybe struggling in doubt and depression or 
But there comes a point in your Christian maturity when you realize the sacrifice that your father made for you, just like we do with our earthly fathers. Amen? Amen. There comes a point when you pass that adolescence, you pass that teenage years, and you finally look back and you say, man, my old man, he was hustling. (laughs) My old man was tired, and he still found the strength to come down on the floor with me and play with me. My old man loves me. My father loves me. And guys, what effect that has upon a child's heart. My prayer today is that you would be inspired by the love of God for you and that you would then go and inspire a generation after you. You would pass on that love to the next. We find ourselves in the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. A pearl, a, a piece of gold that is hidden in some, some obscure book that we probably never even... Zephaniah. Zephaniah, he's speaking of the day of the Lord, and it's, a, and it's a great and terrible day of the Lord that he's speaking of. What day? It's the day of God's judgment. The day when, 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 when Christ will return, he will, he will pour out judgment upon this earth, he will, he will silence his enemies. He comes down after a long-waited time of patience to come and to judge sin. And he says, but after that, he says, Zion, you have reason to sing. After that, Jerusalem, you have reason to rejoice, to shout. Why is this? He says in verse 13, the Lord has taken away your judgments. The, very, the, the only difference between a believer and an unbeliever, someone who's being saved, someone who's not saved, it's who has taken your judgment Either you, by your own self, declare, I will pay for my own sins, or you allow for your sins to be taken upon Jesus on the cross. It's the only difference between a believer and unbeliever. That's the only difference between heaven and hell today. It's whether or not we choose to give our sin over to Jesus and allow him to bear it on the cross. The Bible says that every man will die, and that day has been appointed by God, And we will then face judgment. Thankfully, for the child of God, our judgment was already placed upon Christ on the cross. So, he says, rejoice, shout, be glad. Why? Because the Lord has taken away your judgments. This day that that Zephaniah is referring to, it's the great and awesome day of God's judgment, but it's also the day when God calls all his kids together in one place. He brings back, he, he calls the nations, he calls the dead from, he, comes, he has everyone together and we all sit together in God's millennial kingdom on this earth. What a day that will be. What, what future hope we have for the glory of God. So he says in that day, he's taken away your judgment. He casts out your enemy the King of Israel, the Lord, he's in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. Verse 16, in that day it shall be said in Jerusalem, do not fear, do not let your hands be weak. So three things he says to Jerusalem, to God's people. He says rejoice, do not fear, and he says do not let your hands be weak. Verse 17, this is the reason for our rejoicing today. 
And this is God's rejoicing also. Verse 17, the Lord your God is in your midst. He is the mighty one will save you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you in his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Let's start there in verse 17. Consider this. He is the Lord, your God, in your midst. I find it important every time we see capital L-O-R-D that we understand that the translators are doing us a favor. They're telling you which name is there. Capital L-O-R-D in your Bibles today is Yahweh. 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 That's the holy, sacred name of God. That's His name. It's the same name that Jesus takes to himself in the book of John when he says, I am, ego ami. He's the same name. And what does that name, what does that holy name translate? It translates to the existing one, the eternal one. This God, he is eternal. He is, I am, he's holy, he's separate. He's your Lord. The Bible The Bible also tells us here that he's not only the Lord, he's not only Yahweh, but he's also your God. The word Elohim. Elohim, there's a mystery there, hidden there. El is the name God, Ohim is plural. So you put them together, what does that say? It says God's. There's the mystery of Elohim, the mystery of God's name. We understand it in the New Testament as the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is the Lord, your God. He's your God, guys. And notice this, he's also, he's in your midst. So this awesome God, this creator, sustainer, operator of the heavens and the earth, he wants to be with you today. This God, Lift your eyes off of your situation. Lift your eyes to your great and awesome God who He is. He is your God desiring to be in your midst. I love it when it says in Isaiah 41, it says that the Lord your God will uphold you with His righteous right hand. He wants to be so much more than what we allow Him to be. Not just Lord, not just God, but involved in your life, personal, your father today. I love it. He says he he wants to uphold you with his right hand. You remember crossing the street with your kids? Their safety was not dependent upon them. Their safety was dependent upon you holding their hand. That's how intimate, that's how dear he wants to be with us today. He wants to be the Lord, your God, and in your midst. Sadly, today, the Father is fighting for custody over your life. Sadly, today, unfortunately, for whatever, we've restricted him to a weekend visitation rights. This is the extent, God, and no more. You're my Father, yes. Sadly, he's held up fighting for you he's fighting for your affections he's fighting for your heart today now i hope that today by the end of what we're done today that you would willingly give him your heart today willingly say god i want to follow you if that's who you are and that's how you view me 
No doubt I want to follow you all the days of my life. What's more important, who he is or what he thinks about you? Both powerful truths that we discover here in Zephaniah. Notice he says, he is the mighty one that will save. The word mighty one, it's translated strong, valiant warrior. He is the strong and valiant warrior. And remember the context, what he just did to the nations that rebelled against him. In that day, after, after the, the final battle, after the final war, he comes down, sits with his kids. This is the mighty one that will save. Mighty one. The one who will win the battle, defeat his enemies, and deliver and rescue the captives. You and I, Slaves, captives, bound by our own choices to sin. God has came to free us today. Who is this King of glory? Psalm 24 asks. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. And guys, and it's that in that day of judgment when you and I will be sitting at the table, if, we, if we're children of God today, we'll be sitting at God's table, and the only reason that we will be sitting there, it's Jesus. The only reason that we'll be able to sit with God, will we become children of God, is because of Jesus. That and only that. We are not saved by our own self, not by our own works. He saves us simply because we put, in, we put faith in what he did for us. You believe and you receive forgiveness and he saves you today. This is God's rescue plan for the world. He has a name and his name is Jesus. His very name, Jesus, means Yahweh will save us. That's who he is. That's what he came to do. He didn't come to condemn the world. The world was condemned already, friend. He came that we might have life. He came to save, for God so loved the world. He gave his one and only beloved son, that if we would believe in him, we wouldn't perish, but have eternal life. This is why he came. He is God's rescue plan. What a great exchange. He takes away your sin, and he gives you forgiveness. He takes your shame, and he makes you part of his family. That's the great exchange. I could think of no greater deal, no greater bargain than that. He says, this God, this Lord, your God, he's in your midst. He's mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. How can this God, this Lord God, rejoice over his people? Now this should strike us in awe today. This should cause us to step back erase the whiteboard delete the God file in your mind whatever you think about God it's wrong if it doesn't start with this right here whatever perception whatever preconceived things you walked in about Jesus whatever you thought about God he rejoices over his people he let me read it so you get the full effect he will rejoice over you with gladness he will quiet you with his love he will rejoice over you with singing. Start all over with God, exalting over his people, filled with joy 
and finding great reason to celebrate his people today. This is who he is. Psalm 1611 says, In his presence there is fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore. Isaiah 62 says, As the groom rejoices over his bride, so, so God rejoices over you. It reminds me of the type of joy that Jesus talked about in Luke chapter 15. The joy that the father had when he saw his lost son return home. Do you know that story? Son comes one day, he says, Dad, give me all you got. I'm, I'm out of this place. The son gives him his inheritance, gives him his share. The son takes off to a far country. And there he lives a prodigal lifestyle. He wastes all that he has, all that he's been given by his father. He wastes, drunken, loose living, lost in that city. And the Bible says that he came to his senses one day. He came to his senses and he says, man, it's time I go home. Beaten by guilt, beaten by shame, disgusted over what he had become, he heads home. I'm unworthy to be this guy's son. This guy should kick me out of the house. He's going. And what does it say? That the father sees him from afar. He runs to him. He kisses him. He clothes him. He puts a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, and says, guys, it's time to celebrate. My son is home. Kill the fattest calf you guys got over there. Let's have a party right now. Let's have a carne asada. He's home. He's home, guys. This is the type of joy that the, that the Lord has over his kids. Whatever you think about God, it's wrong if it doesn't have this at the very center. Jesus came to save and to seek the lost. The Bible says that heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents than 99 who have no need of repentance. Heaven throws a party when one person comes to their senses and says, God, I need you. Father, forgive me of all that I've done. Heaven rejoices. God's heart is filled with joy. Notice he says, he will quiet you with his love. Now there's some translations that differ on this. It's, it has to do with the word you being added there. Now, is it that the Lord is quieted in his love, or is it that he quiets you in his love? See the problem? NASB translates it, he will, he will be quiet. NKJV translates, he will quiet you in his love. Now, let's take the first. What if it is, he will be quiet in his love? That word quiet, it means quiet, refreshed, renewed. It means rested. Get the picture, guys. This is what it will be like on this day. After all the work has been done, the Father sits down and rests in His love. Guys, you get the picture? After, after all, all of us gathered, scattered, collected, redeemed, brought together, reconciled back, now in a loving relationship with the, with the Father again. Now the Father sits down and He rests in His love. That's how I feel like on Christmas, guys. <laughs> when I see all the cousins, all the uncles, all the theos, everyone's so... You know, 
And I'm just sitting down, and I don't envy anybody at that moment because everyone's home. When, when, when I hold my baby Lily and I got my little, my shorty on the side, when I got Jenna on the side and we're just walking together, I mean, I, I, I don't envy anybody. I got my baby, I got my wife, and we're just taking a stroll together. What rest you have in that love. That's what he's saying. No accusation he's throwing against you in that day. No anxiety in his heart. Man, I hope they're okay. I hope they're going to figure this out, you know. God's at rest. He created the world and he rested on the seventh day. Same word, rested in his love. Can you believe that? What if it's the other, that he will rest us, he will quiet us, he will renew us in his love? I tend to think that way. He will rest us, he will quiet us, he will quiet me in his love. My soul needs quieting from time to time. With all the frantic, anxiety, worry, stress. Whenever I feel that, kind of rising up, bubbling inside, kind of stirring the pot, I know that I need to go and be rested in his love again. Why are you so worried? Why are you so fearful? Your father's got this. Do you not know his love for you? Do you, think he, do you think he knows that you need those things? Do you think that he can take care of you? It's the simplest childlike faith that is restored to you in that moment when you get along with God and you say, God, help me today. Will your perfect love cast out my fear right now? I have a choice, and my choice is to believe in you today. Quiet me, rest me, renew me in your love, O oh Lord. What strength comes from the love of God? Inspiration takes place in my heart as I am now not self-esteemed. I am God-esteemed. You are God-esteemed. What higher place can you sit? Literally picked up. God picked you up, bought you, paid for you, and said, your value was the blood of my own son. That's your value today. I don't have to seek the approval, the appraisal of men. No one can take that away from us today. I have peace in my heart knowing his love for me. I rest. I'm renewed in that love. Sadly, today, the statistics are without end. Focus on the family. They're, they're, they're a Christian organization, and they released some statistics some time ago saying that kids that have a father are twice as likely to enter into college. Kids with an active father are 75% less likely to become a teen parent. Kids with a father are 80% less likely to go to jail. Kids with an active father are half as likely to not show signs of depression. What power you have today, men, to inspire your children, to renew them 
in your love. You are worthy of my attention. You are worthy of my affection right now. I'm tired. This old man is tired. This young man is tired, right? Coming home saying, God, fill me with your spirit. Help me to lay down on the carpet with this kid and just looking at just, I can't wait until that day when I get to just sit down with my baby Lily and I'm able just to hear her. Right now, she just says, Mama. <laughs> I'm trying to just get say, Dada. We taught her mama so in the night she would cry out for mama. And I'd be like, she wants you. I don't. But now I'm hoping she says da da. But come on, Father's Day, maybe, Lord. This type of love refreshes us, it renews us, it strengthens us. If you know the love of God, you are compelled, 2 Corinthians 5 says. The love of God compels me that I might not live for myself, but I would live for him who died for me. His love inspires us, guys, to do something that our hands would not be weak, as Zephaniah said, to be zealous for the good works that he's called for our lives. He will rejoice over you with singing. Lastly, he will rejoice over you with singing. Now, this word rejoice, it's a difficult word for me because this word rejoice means dancing. He spins. The word is, he goes round about singing and dancing in that day. Can you imagine? Singing and dancing. <laughs> Over who? Over you. Singing and dancing. What's he singing? Well, you don't know me. <laughs> He's probably singing the blues. Over, you know, just... No, it's a love song. It's a love song. I love you so much. Let me sing over you. Let me dance over you. Let me celebrate my kids all together in the same place. What joy, what love is in God's heart for us. It causes me to think of the old song. Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I be able to, will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine, Lord. What's that going to be like? Singing and dancing, rejoicing, celebrating over his kids. God did not sing when he created the world. Job says that the angels sang for what they were able to behold. The majestic power of God coming forth from his mouth, speaking in a moment all things into existence. The sky, the stars, the planets, everything set in motion. The laws of gravity, physics, everything coming forth from his mouth at one moment. He didn't sing then, but he sings over you. One word was power enough to create everything that we see and we don't see. What will it be like for him to sing over your life a love song? And you know this. So filled with joy, coming home from the hospital, trying to get that baby to sleep. You're so, like, hysterical. You're not even sleeping. And there was one night, I'm, sing I'm just holding baby Lily, trying to get her to sleep. And I'm singing, and the Lord struck me. He says, I sing over you, Aaron. I sing over you. And you know what that did for me? 
completely got me out of this legal approach to God. Completely got me out of this works-based mentality that I find myself falling back into. Where I need to work my way, earn my way before God. When really He is so delighted over His people. Guys, that's the reason to rejoice today. He loves you so much. He cares so much for you. It was with this great joy, I might add, this great joy that was set before Jesus. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. It was that joy, the joy of one day being gathered together in glory, sitting together in the kingdom of God, sitting with his father here and his kids here. That great joy inspired Jesus to go on and to die the death on the cross. What great love. Friend, we can't comprehend. Sing. You sing. If he's singing, we better be singing, right? If he's shouting, we better be. Rejoice. Be glad today. We have a reason to rejoice. He has taken away our judgments. He loves you with an everlasting, unfailing, unconditional, undeserved love, my friends. He's cast out our enemy. The king is in your midst today. Do not fear. Spurgeon said, fear thou not. Well, certainly, sir, I can fear a little. No, anytime that fear creeps in, take that knot and tie it around fear's throat. Cast it out. Drive it out. Fear thou not. Not this day, nor any day of my life. When fears come, drive it away. Do not give it space. If God rests in his love, if he sings, why cannot we do the same? I love that. So let's sing today. Let's rejoice today. You have a reason to celebrate here today. God has made a way for you to come. And if you don't know yet, Jesus is that way. John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Let's pray. Lord, our desire today is to be rooted and grounded in your love. Our desire today is that you would so fill us with your love. God, cause us to understand the truth that we are adopted, chosen sons and daughters, brought into the family of God. And Lord, we want to be secure, Lord, in that love. Lord, drive out any fear, doubts, insecurities, God. May we rest in your love today, God. Lord, help us to not be so hung up and so caught up, Lord, with the cares of this world. Lord, but to fully pursue, fully go after you, O oh Lord. 
and to pursue your will for our life, O oh Lord. Thank you, God, for this Father's Day, Lord. We pray your special blessing, Lord, be upon the fathers today in this room. Lord, all those that are impacting the next generation, Lord, we ask for another measure of your spirit, Lord, that we might be able, that you might help us, Lord, to do this work. Lord, you've never called us to do anything that you wouldn't first give us the power to do. So we ask you, God, reveal your heart of a father to us, Lord, more and more and cause your love to break the cycle in our life, Lord. Maybe we didn't have fathers growing up. Lord, I pray that your power, Lord, would help us to be the greatest dad. Lord, just help us, Lord, we pray. Refresh us, renew us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, many of you, you were invited today. Maybe you, you found yourself here in this place today. And it's no mistake that you find yourself here. The people beside you love you, care about you. And, and we as a church, we celebrate this awesome love, but we want you to be a part of that celebration. We, we, we ask that if, that if your heart has been touched today, if, if you want to receive, if you want to welcome, be welcomed into the family of God, that you would declare your faith in Christ today. Say, Father, I, I, I want to come. I see where I've, where I've ended up. I, I see where I'm headed. I don't want that. I, I want that hope that, that, that we're talking about. If that's you today and you want to be welcomed into the family of God, we want to simply pray with you. But guys, this is the gospel. This is why Jesus came, to call his sons home, to seek and to save the lost. And if that's you today, we ask you that you'd stand. Stand today. The Bible says that as many as believed in him and received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Wherever you're at today, today is the day where you can make that declaration of faith. We want to give you that opportunity. Is there anyone here? Amen. We see you, sir.